when we're not diverse, you really constrain the number of users of our product. I'm a white middle-aged American male. That means when I build experiences, I build experiences that likely resonate with white middle-aged American males. That's a very limited subset of the people. So the more diverse the people are who build your product, the more diverse your customers are, right? So it behooves the industry to really have as diverse as possible people building products because they're going to build things that there's a whole audience that then will love that experience, um, become engaged with it. And it just makes, you know, it's not only being a good human to be diverse, but I also, I always say it makes great business sense. Welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. Today, we continue our conversation with Roger Kibbe, Senior Developer and Evangelist for Viv Labs, the platform behind Samsung's Bixby 2. You know what's exciting about Voip? It's the first technology. I had to learn to type. I had to learn to swipe on my phone, right? First, it's the first technology where the, the, really the tech has to understand me. Uh, and so, wow, what an opportunity where, what an opportunity and a challenge. It's an opportunity because I can interact with things in such a natural way. It's a challenge because my expectations around um, a device when I talk to it may be very different than when I type on it. I think we've all learned when we type or we swipe on a device, oh, it does this and it doesn't do that. And I have to kind of learn how, you know, you, you download a new mobile app, you know, you got to learn how to use it. I do not believe that people think if I enable a new voice experience, well, I have to learn how to use it. They're like, I just want to talk to it the way I, I talk to anything else, right? To a human. So it's a big challenge in the industry and yet a big opportunity to be such a natural way to interact. And it's such an opportunity for, um, you know, somebody who, would not be able to use uh, sight as much. Maybe somebody that has a handicapped or disability, potentially somebody who's blind. Um, I've seen like little tutorials of how some people use their phones that are blind. And it's insane to me, like how difficult that seems. And if they could just like use voice, uh, gosh, what could they do? It, it would just expand what they were able to do and the speed as to it, you know, how they could do it. Completely true. Yeah, no, I, I, I've talked to several people where some of they were surprised, especially early on in voice. Some of the first heavy users were people who are blind, right? Because they saw it as an unlock. And so these people, you know, some of the early voice experiences were built. Um, people got all this feedback and they realized, oh my God, a ton of my users are blind. And they got, had such great feedback because they were so much more used to interacting via voice with things without a UI. And so, yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely an unlock. You think about blind, so I have, I have you know, a challenge there, or there's, there's situational challenges. People talk about voice in the kitchen. My hands are busy. I'm cooking, right? So I can't touch things. Or I'm caring for a child. My hands are busy, right? So there's kind of this situational situations where we can't do things. And then there's also people have challenges like blind or, or, or other things um, or where that's always with them. So great opportunities. And kind of building off of that, 
um, we kind of started speaking on it, but what would be your perspective on the state of inclusiveness and diversity in conversational AI? So, so I like to think of things globally, sometimes big picture and then draw it around to the, to the more local small picture. But, um, you know, there is something around near 800 million people in the world who are illiterate. And although the internet, there is something like, I believe the internet access is about 60% of people have internet access. That means 4.2 billion people don't have internet access. So I think about, there's this huge group of people who don't have internet access. And then there is a non-trivial portion, largely probably of them who are illiterate. Um, and so what an unlock voice can be as a technology certainly to those 800 million people who are illiterate, right? It'd be a way for them to interact with technology in a way they were previously completely locked out. But I also think of, you know, bringing a voice assistant may be a way to bring technology to and the internet and access to people who otherwise uh, don't have it because it's relatively cheap and inexpensive compared to some other technologies. So I get all excited about, you know, kind of the world, opening up with voice. But I think even if you think about, let's just take it down to, and I'll just talk about the US. So certainly the diversity of our population is not yet reflected in voice designers and developers. And you know, it's not only uh, being a good human to be diverse, but I also, I always say it makes great business sense. When we're not diverse, we, we really, you really constrain the number of users of, of our product. Look. Uh, I'm a white middle-aged American male. That means when I build experiences, I build experiences that likely resonate with white middle-aged American males. That's a very limited subset of the people. So the more diverse the people are who build your product, the more diverse your customers are, right? So it behooves the industry to really um, have as diverse a po as possible people building products because they're going to build things that there's a whole audience that then will love that experience, um, become engaged with it. And it just makes, you know, you get another virtual cycle, virtuous cycle, uh, where, um, you build more diverse things, you get a greater, more diverse audience, you get more users. It's good. Um, I think when I look at voice, I think we're doing, okay. And I say that relative to kind of the tech industry. And I say we're doing okay. So on a, uh, on a gender basis, we're probably doing better than some other areas of technology, which is heartening to me, but there's certainly some work that needs to be done there. On a racial basis, no, we have some work to do, mm -hmm. right? I just yeah. don't see us as nearly as diverse as, like I said, the, the country is, the world is. Um, you know, we need to, we need to go out and find those people with diverse backgrounds and diverse, diverse genders and diverse racially to go become part of the industry. One of the beauties, this is a new technology. So I would love us not to make some of the mistakes that we've seen in the past with new technologies where the kind of same old, same old built, built the new stuff. Agreed. Right. So how can we go and get people who've never touched technology before 
bring them in and say, hey, here's this cool new tech. Hey, be part of it. Be part of it as a consumer, but I also would love to be part of it. Just go build, design it, right? Or build it. Because you're going to build super cool, interesting experiences that wouldn't have been thought of unless someone with your background uh, was brought into the industry. So I could go on and on, but I think we're, we're doing okay, but darn, there's a lot of opportunity up there. We need to keep on talking about it. And besides hockey, we need to keep on acting upon it. It's, it's kind of imperative. I'm a white female, you know, and my perspective is, you know, my upbringing, what I've been surrounded by. That's not my fault. That's just what my perspective is. But like you said, it's limited. Um, you know, just thinking of uh, as simple as the default voice for GPS. It's always a white female. And um, my husband recently changed the voice on his phone for GPS. And I think it's like a, a black female or something like that. Uh -huh. And it was surprising at first. But then it was like, it was so nice to hear because I was like, this this is more correct with my day to day. Like I hear white people, I hear black people, you know, I, sure. it, it, it just, it felt nice. And so I wonder if there's a way that we can even think of the default settings for what we do and be conscious of, of how we set them. Um, because it's like a first impression, you know? You're absolutely right. And much has been written about the voice industry and, you know, most of the voice assistants, right, by default are one, they're female, right? Although I think Google's done a good, I believe when you set up Google Assistant, it's 50-50, it chooses for you, which I love on that. But you're right, other, other, it's not just male, female, right? It can be other ethnicities or other break, makeup. You know, I, I think, you know, one of, the, one of the challenges also in voice that I didn't mention, and just AI, is, and there's been a lot of really good articles about that and studies around this, is there's a lot of bias in AI, right? Because the training data right. is biased. And what happens then? So if the training data is biased that I'm building a voice assistant for, and then I go and try to use the voice assistant, and because of my accent or my use of words, it doesn't understand me, well, then I'm kind of done with that tech, right? I'm kind of almost anti that technology. And so certainly not going to consume it. And I'm certainly not going to, like I said, I want to recruit a bunch of people from all kinds of diverse backgrounds who've never touched technology before to start building for this tech. They're certainly gonna, not going to build for a technology that doesn't work when they try to use it. So we, we got to address that. There is no answer for this, but I think what you said earlier is we just have to keep trying. <laughs> we keep having to reinvent and just be conscient, conscious of who we're involving and who we're not. And, and try to be to a point where we're, I, I always say, when you're uncomfortable, you're doing well. Yeah. Right? So make ourselves a little uncomfortable with some of the things we do because it, change comes from being a bit uncomfortable. So we got to go do it. Right. And just like in, in recent times with our, you know, the, the racial injustice that's happening, um, we just need to start talking. Yes. <laughs> we need to start asking questions. And yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, but that's because we haven't been talking about it. And yep. the more you talk about something, the more aware of what's going on you will be. It just makes sense to me. But. First step is awareness of anything, of, of any solving any challenge, any problem. 
Well, let's let's close on this. What has you excited about the future of Bixby and Viv Labs um, and their work together? What's what's coming that you're really excited about? Yeah, so let me. I, I want to answer this a little bit in the context bigger, kind of what excited about voice and then yeah, we'll come back please. to us. Um, you know, I, I used to use this metaphor of we're in the first inning of a nine inning baseball game. And now I like to say, well, maybe we're in the second and third inning, but they've changed it into a doubleheader. <laughs> so what does that mean? I mean, I think that's there's a lot of blue sky in front of us about what we need, can and need to build. And I'd say I, I, I'm going to put where I think there's a challenge and an opportunity. So we need to make voice important. And I, I, I like to say voice assistants are useful, but they're not important. What do I mean by that? So if I said, hey, I'm going to take away your voice assistant for a week, you'd be like, okay, that kind of sucks. That's a bummer. But I can survive for a week without my voice assistant. But if I said I was going to take away your phone for a week, your mobile phone, I mean, I would be like, I, I can't survive. Like, how do I, this, I'm so attached to this device, right? It's such a key part of my life. Mobile phones are important. Voice assistants are just useful. What do we do to make voice assistants important? And this is my kind of why I get excited about the future, frankly. One, I love to see ubiquity. And you mentioned that earlier. No matter where I am, home, work, car, walking out and around, I need to be able to have access to that voice assistant. Um, we talked about context aware and deeply personalized. My experience with a voice assistant should be different from yours. Mm-hmm. My experience right now, right? We're in the middle of a podcast interview and that, if I ask a voice assistant something should be one experience. On the other hand, on the weekend, when I'm kicking back and relaxing, it might be very different, contextually aware of what's happening and what I'm doing uh, or where I am. And then finally, what I'd love us as the industry to do is, you know what? We got playing music down pretty darn well. We got creating kitchen timers down pretty darn well. What we haven't found is enough areas where voice is the best way to get something done. It's the best user experience. And I think we need to really work on creativity around, hey, here's a place where a voice interface in front of this is the very best way to interact with this technology. I think there's a ton of opportunity there. I'll bring this full circle back to uh, Bixby and Viv Labs and Samsung. Look, I, like I said, I think there's a lot of future, a bright future there, but there's a lot of work to do. One thing that's beautiful, uh, working for Samsung, and we ship 500 million devices a year. We're the world's biggest device manufacturer. So we have the distribution of these devices, the hardware going out. Now the challenge is, okay, put a voice assistant on those devices that works super well, that's fun, that's entertaining, that's educational, that really becomes, uh, makes my using a voice assistant an important thing, not just useful, uh, and then the, uh, the future is very bright. So um, I'm super bullish on the industry. I think we have a ton of hard work to do, but hard work is fun. So kudos to the, to the future. It, it is a lot of work, but man, it's really exciting to, you know, just be skimming the surface uh, 
that's how I feel. I feel like I'm, I'm taking in a little bit of everything and it's fascinating. So, uh, thank you for being a part of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Gina, really a pleasure, uh, talking to you today. I, uh, I loved, uh, talking to everyone and, uh, if, if people want to continue the conversation or keep in contact, uh, I'll, I'll share them. The best way is, uh, on Twitter with me at Roger Kibbe, pretty active there. So I love to continue. I love talking about this stuff. So let's continue the conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for giving us that information. And thanks so much for taking the time and uh, helping me learn a little bit more about Bixby. Sure. My pleasure. Absolutely. I love talking about voice. I love talking about Bixby. And I love talking about this amazing future we have. There is so much still left to do to really get this voice industry going. But there is already a lot here and available for us to work with now. So let's create it. Let's explore this amazing world of sound that, guess what, has always been here. Our brands already made sound. Now it's time that they make sound on purpose. For inquiries on sonic branding development or consultations, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R Productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at DreamerProductions.com. I'm very excited to announce that I will be launching a course on sounds, power, and influence in marketing in early 2021, where we'll be discussing what sound is and where it came from, the origins of advertising, advertising today and predictions for the future, sound's role in decision-making and buying power, and how our brains process sounds to create choice and reaction. To sign up for early details, go to soundandmarketing.com or follow me on all the socials. All links will be provided in the show notes. For more of the Sound and Marketing Podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher. This episode was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Isham. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.